You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, Purple Daily, right here, Vikings Ventline, the last edition of the 2023 off-season edition of Vikings Ventline, that is. Declan Goff here to take you through one more episode because we are a week away from Vikings football back in our lives. In fact, we'll get two episodes, two games basically in the span of five days because uh, the Vikings will obviously play on Thursday Night Football as well in week two. So uh, this is the final off-season edition. Shout out to all the Vikings fans who came on with me uh, over the last like seven months basically to, to talk the off season talk upcoming expectations i'm going to do exactly that uh here in just a second with our guys jim and jonathan uh, excited to talk to them about their upcoming uh their expectations for the upcoming season and whatnot so it's going to be a blast vikings event line as i said returns the full edition with mackie judd and myself next sunday the moment the vikings and buccaneers game ends i don't think we'll go live at halftime like we did for the colts in week one so we'll go live right after uh, the Vikings finish in week one against the Buccaneers. If you want to join that show, shoot me a note. It's vikingsventline at gmail.com. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the in-season version of Ventline, it's an absolute blast. It's why we do this whole show, uh, because it's so great to hear all these Vikings fans come on from basically all across the globe to talk about the game. So we're really excited to have that back in our pocket here in just about a week. Uh, hit that subscribe button, too, for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, Purple Daily presented by our friends at TCL. Football season is here, and if you haven't upgraded that TV yet, go and do so and get yourself a TCL television. It's a great one. I got a couple here in my house as well. Uh, they make Purple Daily programming happen, and shout out to them. All right, let's get our guys in here. Let's get Jim in here, who's got his Dante Culpepper jersey on. Go, baby. He's had that since 1999. And then uh, our guy Jonathan as well here to uh, to wrap us up on Vikings Ventline. Thank you guys for coming on, fellas. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, for being here. Awesome. Uh, well, let, let's start with this here. Uh, Jim, first off, are you in Minnesota? Where Where are you calling from? I've actually uh, been transplanted to Michigan. I'm kind of right here in the heart of Lions country, just, uh, just outside of Lansing. Um, so, yeah, but uh, born – I mean, not born and raised, but uh, I was – I lived in Minnesota for a number of years, right in downtown St. Paul. Went okay. to uh, tons of Metrodome games back in the Robert Smith, uh, Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper era. So, yeah, I've been a fan since uh, I think about 88 or 89. So, it's been a while. Awesome. And Jonathan, how about you, man? Uh, are you in the Midwest? Where are you uh, located and how long have you been a Vikings fan? I'm in Phoenix right now. I'm actually born and raised in Southern California. I've, I've spent about two hours of my life in Minnesota. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, just a diehard Vikings fan since 91. And, and uh, um, actually, weird story, I on Black Friday, my parents took me to go get a starter jacket, and I kind of liked a silver and black team. And, and uh, we went to go and get a jacket, and my parents were like, can't have a we're – not, we're not letting you get a Raiders jacket. So I chose a Vikings jacket, and I've been a Vikings fan ever since. <laughs> It's pretty funny how uh, those starter jackets or whatever it is, like a Dante jersey I was telling Jim before I came on, I almost went on eBay and pulled the trigger on an old-school Dante Culpepper jersey myself just to have one 
uh, on game days. So I'm really glad you guys uh, are still living the dream and yeah, fighting Raiders fights. Or if you're Jim, you're fighting some uh, Detroit Lions fans sure. there in the heart of Michigan. It's a uh, it, it's it's a, it's a good battle to uh, to obviously do. Uh, boys, we'll fire it up with this one here uh, because the season's now a week away. Uh, and Jim, I'm going to start with you. What are what are your expectations for the Purple this year? Are, are they going to repeat as NFC North champions? Are they going to go further into the playoffs? What are your expectations for the Vikings this year? Well, yeah, um, check mark both of those. Um, I don't see why we can't repeat, obviously, first and foremost, as NFC North champions. Uh, in my estimation, uh, other than Dalvin Cook, of course, to me, the offense got better. Um, I love Adam Thielen. I have two or three of his jerseys, you know, the whole Minnesota story, absolutely love him. But he was done. Last year, he just was not the same Adam Thielen that, you know, we grew in love for so many years. So, um, But the addition of Jordan Addison, if we can keep his head on straight, on and off the field, um, yeah, I think the offense got better. And the departure of Ed Onishel, I can't give him the D because there's no D in Donishel. Uh, and the, the hiring of B-Flow – our defense got better instantly just by that hiring and his philosophy, at least from what I'm hearing and his numbers in Miami and all these other things. So, uh, yeah, win the NFC North. Um, I think we make a, at least at least we win the home playoff game. We win the NFC North. We get a home playoff game. I think for Kirk's contract, he's got to at least win one. Um, you know, love to see it go, go deep in the playoffs. Obviously, the ultimate goal would be to raise that Lombardi. But, you know, I'm not quite there yet. But, um, yeah, no, I think – I don't see why we can't be really close to what we did last year, 12-5, and 13-4 once again, NFC North, maybe two two playoff games. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bummer, obviously, with the way the season ended last year at home after you just had beat the Giants a few weeks ago. And, yeah, you'd like to see a run from Kirk Cousins here for sure um, in, in a playoff run. Maybe his last season in purple, that is, too. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, how about you, man? What What are your kind of overall expectations for the Vikings this season? Yeah, I, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see Cousins finally have a, some consistency ahead of, above him and actually a head coach that likes offense. That's kind of <laughs> cool to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of expect him. I'm kind of looking for... 12 wins, 11, 12 wins. And, and, you know, I think they could take a step back in the wins category and still be a better team. I mean, we all know that they last year was a lot of luck and, and uh, um, you know, hopefully they don't have to depend on luck this year. And, and I, and I don't, I don't think they will. I think uh, I'm expecting like a top five offense and, and I think Flores is going to lead a top 20 defense. Um, I think if they can get into that 15 to 20 range, I think they're, they're going to be solid and, and, you know, they're, they're going to, yeah. I mean, I, I think that'll lead. They're going to win the division. They're going to, um, you know, I expect a win in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's too much to expect a Super Bowl, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they're right on. They're going the right direction. It's exciting to see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting from the Kirk side of things. So, so Jim, do you think that this is the last year we're going to see Kirk Cousins in purple, or do you think I, that there's an extension? I think that the, I think there is an extension coming, just because um, you know to echo what Jonathan said. Second year in the in the in this offense, um, KOC is the I mean he's the quarterback whisperer. So um, and just the whole the new Kirk that we've seen with the quarterback uh, Netflix documentary, uh, the Kirko chains, all of that stuff. We, I, I think Judd and you guys talk about it a lot, Declan. That it's a totally different Kirk. He was always there, but Zimmer just never let him loose and. Uh, I firmly believe that KOC is just the one that pushed him over the top. So, I mean, I, I guess 
barring some type of catastrophic failure of the offense this season, which I just can't see that happening. Uh, no, I think he gets extended. Maybe a three-year, you know, something along those lines. Uh, I'd love to see something with a, you know, a decent base, but then a lot of incentives, you know, and just see if he's willing to roll the dice on that. So, I mean, pending a Super Bowl like win or run, Jonathan, do you think that this is the last year of Kirk Cousins? Obviously, if they if you pick him to the Super Bowl, you know, do whatever you want. Essentially, at that point, but mm-hmm. do you think that this is the last year of Kirk Cousins, or are we going to see more of him beyond twenty twenty three? You know, I, I think most people would call me a Stan. Um, I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan, and 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 I and I really thought that. You know, I, it, the way things were before, like it just wasn't a mesh with the head coach and, and him. And, and, and that was a real problem. And, and you know, it, it's it, it's exciting to hear you guys kind of coming around a little bit on him as well. And, and it's it's a matter of relationship and ownership. And, and I don't think he was ever given ownership of anything. Um, and, and now he has. And so I, I think uh, I think it's going to take a run. I'm kind of on the fence on whether he come whether they bring him back or not, like. You know, I think last year expectation was they were going to take a step back and kind of reset things, but they won 13 games, so hard to reset at that point. And then this year, they're coming off of a 13-win season. It's hard to reset after that. So, you know, Questy kind of keeps things tight-lipped, and he's hard to read. And uh, um, I, 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 am, I really have no idea what their plans are for next year. Um, but I think that's part of the fun also. Um, I mean, if, if Cousins does great and they win – a couple playoff games, I think it's almost a lock that they have to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is what, what do you do with, you know, Jefferson and now you just signed a massive, you know, big tight end contract. And so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've wavered on like trading, trading Jefferson, trading, you know, letting cousins walk, trade Jefferson, package draft picks, try to get Williams, you know, just go all in on, on the first overall pick. But uh, yeah, I'm on the fence on them bringing cousins back or not. All right, defensively. So, Jim, you said just the hire of Brian Flores should take this defense to the next level or at least put it in the right direction. I guess schematically or maybe even players to watch, what what, what do you want to see on the defensive side of the ball that maybe they haven't done in a long time? Well, I think just in, in B-Flow's uh, history, you know, I think he was like – I think when Miami as the head coach, he was like top four defense. Um, you know, obviously he took the uh, Patriots to the Super Bowl. Um, so just his blitzing uh, mentality, I think, again, uh, the numbers from Miami, I, I didn't look too much at the Steelers last year, but I think he blitzed like 40% of the time. So I know last year, you know, we talked about um, the shell defense and all that kind of stuff, and so we didn't get burned deep. We got burned deep all the time. Like We couldn't stop anybody. That's why we lost that Giants game in, in the playoffs. So I – I, I know that there's a possibility with the aggressive nature and the blitzing uh, to get burned deep, but I, I'm okay with that because when you get home more than when you get beat, uh, you know, getting to the quarterback, pressuring, sacking. Uh, so, and I think that Daniil was that last piece of the puzzle. Um, I, I mean, going into the contract, the problems with Daniil, mm-hmm. I was like, if we don't sign him, we're going to be in trouble again because the defense, he, he is a difference maker. So uh, for me, the aggressive nature of B flow in past experience and just even hearing him talk, um, you know, and the, the showing the zero blitz all the time and then not knowing when it's coming. Um, yeah. I, I just think, and as what Jonathan said, my, where my thought was top 20, if we can get to 16 or 17 defensively, I think last year we ended at what 31st overall, uh, so if we can jump up 15 points, yeah, it's that's I mean, it's a game changer. 
So, Jonathan, uh, do, do you think that even though the Vikings have some inexperienced players in, on the rookies and the second-year players, um, do you still think that this? Do you, do you still think that this defense can still turn things around, even with a good head coach or coordinator in Brian Flores? I, I do. I, I think. Um, I think the system will help cover up some of the deficiencies with the youth. Um, one one thing that worries me would be, uh, and I never thought I'd say this, but Hicks, like, like, I, I think he's one of the guys that can't afford to lose. I think that you lose him and then you have two small linebackers and I, and I'm not sold on the upfront, um, stopping the run that, that worries me. Um, I know everyone focuses on the, on the pass defense and everything. And, and they gave a ton of chunk, chunk plays up last year. They're going to give those up this year as well, because they're going to be aggressive. It's stopping the run that kind of worries me a little bit. Um, Kyrie's Tonga has to step it up. Um, Phillips is not a zero technique, so he's not in there to plug the middle. Um, so that that kind of worries me, you know, with with smaller linebackers. Hicks is there to hold the fort against the run, and and uh, really, <laughs> he's one guy. It's weird that they can't afford to lose at this point. It is kind of weird. I mean, Ivan Pace has come out of nowhere right in training camp and basically has taken Brian Asamoah's job, um, and it's going to be interesting how much they trust these rookies and second year guys how long of a leash they give them you know like joan williams gets back on the practice squad after what i thought was going to be basically a starter after all a training camp um it is an interesting proposition but i think with flores getting that confusion in like to jim's point these cover zero blitzes and these blitz packages that the vikings basically didn't deploy last year I think if uh, long enough on the if these guys stay long enough on the field enough, they could get exposed. But if you have basically a defensive coordinator who's one step ahead of the opposing offense, you can kind of limit some of those maybe dangerous plays that rookies can give up. And uh, it's just it's just a pass happy league now. That even though uh, Rodgers is gone and Stafford's not in the NFC North anymore, you still have Jared Goff who's still pretty good. Um, and teams just love to pass in the NFL, and it's hard to defend that pass, especially with rookies and second year players who have never done it before. So it, it does worry me a bit, but I think guys like Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport, not really too concerned about the pass rush, but to Jonathan's point, they, they could be a sieve run defensively, and I guess it's just completely up in the air uh, what they'll look like from the cornerback and defensive back group just because we don't really have any reps or any tape on any of those players that have played substantial snaps. Uh, I, I, really really quick on that. One thing, sorry to cut in on you. One thing that's kind of neat I, also I think we're going to see is uh, – um, with Bynum and Ward also having cornerback experience. I think that if you give different looks to the quarterback as, as they're stepping up to the, you know, as they're stepping up to the line, like they're looking for c- certain guys that they can take advantage of. But if guys are moving around all the time, it takes a little bit longer. It's a little bit more thinking. And, and it, you know, it's just a different process that's going to affect potentially against the other quarterback. So um, I think they'll do a lot of that, moving moving guys around a lot more. All right, so how about the run game here? So they move on from Dalvin Cook. Alexander Masson's, you know, the RB1. You have a couple guys behind him. Um, are you guys okay with the Vikings running game? I feel like this is probably what I, I, I'm trying to think of here. Maybe pre-Chester Taylor. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines, and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
I can't remember a season where the Vikings don't have like just an established stud at running back because the Vikings have basically had Dalvin Cook, Adrian Peterson. You know, Jim, you brought up Robert Smith. Um, they've always, for the most part, I'm only 30 years old, but the, for the most part, they've always had a pretty stud running back that's one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL. And now they're going on to this kind of committee approach. So, Jim, do you still trust that the running game will be effective, even though it might not have the star power of Dalvin Cook leading the leading the group anymore? Well, um, you know, obviously, I think that it's a little bit of an issue. I mean, it's, there's a little bit of um, trepidation there. But uh, like you, your your point, Declan, it's a pass happy league. Um, so it is is the is that all pro running back still, I mean, just look at the contracts, you know, none of them can get paid. So is that still really a barometer to, you know, a great team is having to have that now, to, but to that point, um, Alexander Madison, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, last year when he would spell cook, especially with their hair, you know, it was kind of hard to tell which one was running because they had similar styles. Um, I think Dalvin had like 1173 or 1173, I think, yards. The average is like 4.4. And Alexander Madison only had like 285, but he only had like 70-some carries. And I think he averaged like 3.8. So I know, you know, 3.8, 4.4, it's a pretty big jump in NFL terms, but it's, you know, it's close to four yards uh, a carry. So um, I, obviously there's not – Alexander Madison has never been that bell cow. So it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up. Uh, behind him, you know, with this uh, Gaskins and Ty Chandler, you know, look good in preseason. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But if it's enough, if the play action is enough of a threat to get the ball loose, I mean, Justin Jefferson, TJ, KJ, Jordan Addison, we're going to pass the ball. I mean, we're going to pass the ball. So if the play action is enough to get them an extra second or two, then, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of concern, but I think that it's going to be good enough to get the offense that that um, KOC really wants to run, which is passing the ball. So It's a good point. Just because it's not a stud player like a Dalvin Cook or an AP, can the threat of play action play a factor? Can they scheme it up where they just are more effective running the ball? I mean, they had Dalvin Cook last year, and effectively they, they were ineffective mm-hmm. at running the football. So yeah. can there, there be minor tweaks with different personnel? And maybe it does take a step forward. I guess, Jonathan, how, how do you look at the running back position? And is it an area of concern or are you totally okay with this kind of new committee approach? Totally okay with it. I honest, I, I said this a couple of years ago. They shouldn't have given Con- Cook the contract in the first place. I love Dalvin Cook, but you can't pay running backs that kind of money. And uh, um, I, th- I think with the addition of Josh Oliver, that's going to be a big deal. Um, they're clearly committing to going to 12 personnel. So they're going to they're gonna go big. Um, and And I think... Last year, they just got away from the run too often. It was almost like Filippo was back at times. And I, and I love KOC, but it was like, we're going to completely ignore the run for, for, for long stretches. And then you experience a lot of three and outs as a result of that. And, and I think balance is key and, and sticking to the run, committing to it still. And, and obviously, the pass is going to be their calling card. We know that. But, but I think uh, if, they could, if they stick to the run, commit it more, commit to it more often, even it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter who's in the backfield just block up front, make the holes and make it happen. And, and, and teams are still going to be sitting on the pass all the time. And, and, and so it's going to open, you know, the pass can open up the run, just like the run can open up the pass. And, and, you know, effective running does open up play action and we know cousins is deadly in the play action. So, so yeah, I, I, I have no worries whatsoever. I think Madison can handle it. Uh, Chandler has talent. Gaskins is, you know, you know, legit, like all three of those guys can catch the ball. All three of those guys can run the ball. 
So yeah, I, I I'm super excited about like the the run game this year. Real quick, I'm sorry. Before I, I just wanted to jump piggyback on that. The um a, lo- a lot of the issues that I see with the run game is just the offensive line. So, but I mean, if the offensive line can't create gaps for you, I think that's why Dalvin was you know pretty much ineffective last year. Other than you know a few a few chunk plays, I think he had like four over twenty. And then of course he had the eighty-one yarder in the greatest comeback in NFL history. But um, but yeah. So if the offensive line is still struggling to to create holes, then like Jonathan's point, does it really matter who's in the backfield? Because other than a handful of running backs in the history of the league that can create by themselves, you know, being in Lions country, Barry Sanders, one of them. And I watched him play so many times against the Metrodome in the Metrodome where he would run into a pile of defenders and spin out. And all of a sudden he's gone. That doesn't happen anymore. So um, offensive line struggles is, is where the deficiency for me in the run game. You know, it is a little two-pronged, though. I, I Jonathan brings up a good point because that was what I didn't like about KLC. There was a lot of, uh, like, second and short, third and short situations where it might scream run and it might be predictable, but they just abandoned it and just went to pass, and then they, they go three and out. Yeah. And it, it, at, at some point, you do need to run the football more balanced and more effectively in key situations. And I, I think that was one area for me that I'd like to see KLC maybe fix. And maybe the scheme with the new offense, with this offensive line basically being ran back and being in the system again, and with new running backs in general, maybe it uh, maybe it all works out for them for the better. Uh, fellas, before we wrap here on Vikings Vent Line, Jim, do you have any uh, do you have any last takes? And also, do you have any shout outs you'd love to give? If you do, fire away. Yeah, um, last takes. I'm just you know, I'm excited. Um, th- this K- KOC and Quasi have just changed. I don't remember being this excited about Vikings football. I mean, there was always the anticipation at the beginning of the year, but I've never felt this excited about the direction of the team with, between the ownership and KOC is just a, a, a breath of fresh air, especially coming from the Mike Zimmer era. We love Zimmer in the beginning, great defensive mind, you know, all this kind of stuff, but toward the end, it was just time to go. Uh, and a couple quick shout outs. I, I got to give out uh, one, especially to my boys, uh, Jaden, Jeremiah, and Joel. I'm sorry I brought you into this fandom. I apologize. I hope in someday, you know, like the saying says, before we die in my lifetime, I, I want to be able to uh, go to that parade. But definitely in your lifetime, boys, I want that. And also to one of my best friends, Dale Luganville, He's a lifelong uh, Vikings friend and the founder and CEO of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. We actually have a weekly Vikings podcast during the season. And it's a full-scale outdoors podcast, and the, the episodes are full. Skull, lovingly uh, named. Awesome. I love it, man. <laughs> Jonathan, how about you, man? Any last takes, any shout-outs yeah. you'd love to give? Yeah, I kind of want to give a shout-out to you guys. Um, you know, I, I, I've heard you guys off and on over the last few years, and I'm like, oh, they're just Kirk haters. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then in, in, in March, like I listened, started listening to some podcasts or listening to you guys really kind of religiously in March. And, and, and it's like, you know, you you guys have really opened up and I, and I love that. And and it's like, you may not like him and that's fine, but I think you guys see the relationship has changed, you know, having a head coach that really cares. And and so you guys are fantastic. And I listen to your, all of your, you know, I listen to them, you know, on Spotify and, and I'm super bummed whenever there's, whenever I get to that last one, I'm like, son of a, <laughs> but, um, but uh, no, my shout outs, I'm going to, uh, my buddy Neil, like uh, I, I used to go to the same, same sports bar in California in 2008 from 2008 2016 and and uh went to this bar and there was one other vikings fan there every week and it took me about five years to actually say hi and like exchange names 
Um, yeah. But we'd slap high fives and we'd be like, yeah, man. And now we talk about Vikings all the time and, and it's great. Um, and then I want to give a shout out to the uh, Northern Virginia Vikings fans. Um, I moved to Virginia in 2016 and, and they'd fill this bar with over two, like 200 Vikings fans every Sunday. And, and, and then when the Vikings play in DC, like they're, uh, they do a pep rally, get a bunch of former players and, you know, Paul Allen goes and it's legit. Like it's the best group I've ever been a part of. It was awesome to be with actual Vikings fans. So for somebody who's never been really in Minnesota. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Shout out those two. It's pretty crazy seeing these contingency of Vikings fans all over the country. That's been the coolest part, even from um, the Purple Daily side of things, from Mackie Judd speaking from them, uh, speaking from ourselves, is we we didn't know this. there was this amount of, of fan base that was all over. I mean, of course, there's fandom everywhere, but we didn't know the probably magnitude of how many Vikings fans there are. So it's pretty awesome that mm-hmm. we got people all over the country. There's contingencies in Norfolk or, or in Virginia, and then there's people all over the West Coast or in the Midwest, too, and in the heart of Lions territory. We met a guy at this Minnesota State Fair uh, last weekend who said he literally lives in Green Bay, and he's obviously a lone wolf out there being a Vikings fan. So it's uh, it, it's cool to see that Purple Daily kind of reaches all this place. Awesome. So appreciate the kind words, fellas. Really, really, uh, I really yeah. do. You guys are um, awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. And yeah, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Vikings Vent Line, the full edition, back next Sunday. Mackie Judd and myself and as many Vikings fans as will fit into that room. Thank you to everyone uh, who has listened and liked and subscribed. The offseason edition means a lot to me, too. Um, we'll be back on Monday, too, for prepping you for week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.